Welcome back, everybody, to another incredible episode of the Expert Trader Podcast Series. We'll run that one back. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another incredible episode of the Expert Trader Podcast Series. We have another incredible guest. Third time on the show, Mr. QB Stu, the Forex quarterback. Yes, sir. Three times, baby. Three times. We we're outside. <laughs> I'm going to have this, like, dope intro for you. So say the Forex phenom, the quarterback of content. The myth, the legend, QB Stu. Welcome back, brother. Yes, sir, man. You know, once again, bro, let's 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 ask God to give us the words to really help change lives and just drop some value. That's the whole purpose of these calls. Otherwise, we would be wasting our time right now. Let's drop some value. Let's really change some lives. There we go. Let's jump right into it. Jason, first off, catch everybody up on what you've been up to. I know that we spoke on the last podcast with James. I know a lot's changed since then. Walk us through all the things that you've been up to, everything with the football and what you've been up to the past few months. It's been crazy, bro. Like, just to give a summary, I guess, of, like, I don't know, like the last 60 to 90 days. Um, you know, obviously, I hit the joint in the FCFL. That went viral, got kicked out of the league. Was honestly excited to start focusing back on trading and just content creation. I started doing these, like, uh, meme style, this meme style content where I would, you know, find a really cool video that I liked and then piece it together with like a cinematic audio and then also, you know, a really cool caption. And I started doing that for uh, like 30 to 40 days. And normally, bro, I was doing that Forex style content. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to reach a broader audience. I want to start doing stuff that's greater than just the trading space. And yeah, bro, in, in that first 30 days, I had done uh, 85 million um insights as far as accounts reached and that's when i knew i was like you know i had struck gold as far as like using another skill set of mine the the more director slash cinematic where i like to i like people to feel something i heard a quote once they said people don't remember what you say they remember how you made them feel and so the content i create i want people to feel something um and then beyond that bro destroying he asked me to come on the one-on-one -on -one tour for people who aren't familiar there's a youtuber Name Destroying is a phenomenal story, a really big platform, millions of views each uh, video he drops. And he asked me to come on the one-on-ones. We hit like nine cities in three weeks. NFL, we were in NFL stadiums. We were in the middle of uh, Virginia, you know, Hampton, Virginia, like you name it. We were outside of Yankee Stadium in New York. We had just hit Jersey where Mike Vick was throwing. So you name it, bro, like an overload of experience. And all while that's happening, I had started a $535 account and took it to uh, $84,991 uh, within three weeks, three trading weeks. So a lot has happened, bro. Honestly, a lot has happened. But like we said on the last podcast, I've been using the word quantum since November of 2021. And quantum is in quantum leaps, quantum acceleration, quantum growth. Like I just, the things that I need to happen, I was just speaking that type of acceleration into my life. There we go. I mean, you honestly have had a movie of the last 90 or 120 days. It's been absolutely crazy. You stepped off the chart. You stepped off the FX summit stage. You went and played a few championships. You had some historic moments. You went viral. Um, I guess the biggest question is how are you balancing all this? How are you able to stay on the road and travel and trade and still maintain being a trader running businesses, traveling, making content, all this other stuff? Yeah, honestly, bro, I don't even have a great answer in that regard. Like, I do my best to balance it, but I haven't even found, like, this perfect balance. You know, when you look at the yin and yang logo, it's a perfect 50-50. Like, it balances each other, you know, the good and evil. And, like, I'm trying to find that within my own life, bro. And it's, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's been rather difficult, but I'm starting to get to a systematic approach where as long as I schedule my time to do this, this, and this, um, then it should be okay. But like you said, bro, like I was having to balance doing the quarterback stuff and like still wanting to show my audience the football side. Cause remember, bro, my name is QB Stu. Like it's just because I was retired from football for four to five years. That's even how I base my trading. It's all football related. So then to go in the FCF and then play the way I did, you know, MVP four out of five games, including the scrimmage, then go on these one-on-one -on -one tours with Destroying and, you know, go ball for ball with Mike Vick, bro. Like, that's – people don't really understand, bro. That was the first overall pick. 
in his time. Like that was that was him, bro. Like Nike commercials, where it was the Mike Vick simulation. You know, so that was a dream come true for me, bro. And Madden 04, when he was on the cover, he was a problem, bro. Nobody could stop Mike Vick. So I'm seeing a goat that's from Virginia. You guys know I got AI tatted on me. I love where I come from. You're from Virginia. I'm from Virginia. It's something about just that area, bro, the melting pot. You have an experience of all these different cultures, and it makes you just so much more skilled in regards to communicating with everybody, bro. People can speak energy. That's a universal language. Mm. Power, power, power. So how much of you going to play for the FCF was like people saying, oh, does Jason still have it? Does Jason still have it? Were you trying to prove something or did you just want to prove something to yourself? Was it just an experience you wanted to take off the list or? There was like three main things that I wanted to get accomplished in joining the FCF. I wanted to definitely see it like, cause I, I, I skipped my pro day, bro. Like at Memphis, there's a, you know, for a college athlete to get to the professional level, there's a pro day. I skipped my pro day because I had failed three drug tests. So I'm thinking to myself at this point, it would be no point of me even showing up because I, I really only like started slash played a one full game at my time in Memphis. And that was against Cincinnati, like midway through the first quarter. It might've been at the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, my, my, my brother, Riley Ferguson, who started over me, he got a concussion. That was probably like, I don't know, like first quarter or, or midway or like beginning of the second. And then at that point I played the rest of the game uh, was 13 to 15, two touchdowns, Really just a solid performance in managing the game. I didn't really go crazy like I've gone to other games, but it was just a blessing to be prepared and understand our defense was playing phenomenal. As long as I do my thing, you know, I was MVP of the game. And that was real, the real blessing. It's just like everything I had worked for from the time I was in uh, high school where I had this vision of going Division One, knowing I would watch games and just watch the quarterback and say, like, is that something that I could do? Does my three-step drop look like that? Do my throws look like that? Does my timing look like that? Am I fat as, as fast as that guy? Like, I would look at all of it. And not to compare, but just to say, all right, if I can just get a little bit better and start looking more and more like this person or that person. But I was trying to look like Cam Newton. I was trying to look like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tyrod Taylor. Guys who my style really is, I don't have a tenth of the ability that they have. But I could watch and then go out there and trick my mind to say, all right, today when I put my helmet on with the visor, today I'm Kyler Murray. Today I'm Tyrod. Today I'm Lamar. How much does that translate over to trading? Which is like knowing your style, knowing that there's all these great people out there with a great style and you're kind of comparing your style to theirs. Are you taking the good parts? Are you leaving the bad? How are you thinking about, you know, that? And how does it translate to, to trading? I think the cool part about being able to like just switch the, you know, flip the switch in any aspect, bro. Like, keep in mind, I'm the same guy who's going outside Yankee Stadium with Eli Manning watching. Probably close to a, a thousand or maybe two, three thousand people out there circled around a 10 yard space. And I'm out there tapping my head, letting the DB, the receiver, I'm letting God and everyone know, even Babe Ruth. The Babe Ruth and his ancestors, everyone's seeing out there. I'm telling this guy, we are about to throw a fade. I'm letting him know the route, bro. I'm, I'm letting everyone know what's about to take place. And then to, comp uh, to complete the mission, to finish the task, is like you're defenseless. To have that much confidence and that much pressure in that moment outside of, outside of the Yankees stadium, bro, with the Glacier jersey on, like, moments in time that's all i'm getting at and saying that is like to have that type of mentality to do that and then pull it off is the same mentality that makes me great with the mt4 let's talk about let's go let's jump into mt4 obviously big week for you 500 to 85,000 in less than a few weeks an incredible flip honestly very impressed and i appreciate you know you being so open and honest about it like while it was running and some of the some of the steps going through it. Can you explain to people that trade? Can you talk about it from your perspective? We'll dive in a little bit more about how you were able to scale a $500 account up to over 85,000. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, so like me being on tour, I wanted to just take, I wanted to have like a for fun account. Like, cause you know, at that point, it's like you said, bro, I'm not in my daily routine. 
It's not like I'm able to actually look at the chart every day for the most part. Like, you know, we might be getting on flights. And when I'm on, when I'm in that type of mode where I'm playing football and I'm thinking about football and, and you know, like I'm still handling other things because I'm not just a trader. It's like, I don't want to, you know, specifically have my mind consumed on something. So that's what's cool, bro. It's like, I was doing everything from my phone. Uh, people, you know, I was giving breakdowns for people while I was in the middle of the trade, still in the trade, bro. Like, then all this week, from basically Monday to Thursday, I'm in retracement. So I'm sitting there having to stay solid. PMI had just dropped fundamentally on Wednesday. Massive retracement. Like, even though the H4 was sitting at 38.2, that's, by the way, that's the only thing that kept me in. On M15, we're reaching 61.8 on the H4. You see what I'm saying? But the H4 closed above the 38.2. So that's why I continue to tell people close candles. Like, and because my entries were so low and I had held them for a week and a half, you know, they had rolled enough into profit that these retracements weren't like a deal breaker. It wasn't enough for me to say I need to get out. So why that trade? So we know higher time frame. You were really looking at a higher time frame play. It was more of like a structural shift in the market. What really made you so confident in that trade and what led it to be such a big build? Because I'm OK. Um, are these sorts of builds usual for you? Um, no, bro. Like it's, you know, it's not every day. That's the, that's the thing too, bro. Like I always remind people that Kobe Bryant scored 81 one time. Did he do a lot of other great things in his career? Absolutely. But how many times did he score 80 plus once? So we don't always have to like, I'm not going to load up $500 and try to do this again. Like it's not something it was more so for fun. And then the season two, keep in mind, bro, God has a great way of rewarding you for things that you don't even know that he's going to plan on rewarding you for. Like the one-on-ones destroying had asked me to come on tour. And then I guess the NFL, you know, didn't, maybe they didn't have the funds to be able to cover a, a QB. So destroying, he gave me some bread. He gave me like a band in Detroit, but bro, going to eight, nine cities and me paying to go fly to those places and stay in those hotels it's like, bro, that just once again is more of a testament to like us as traders, bro. Who else has the time freedom to just be able to book their own flights, book their own Ubers? You know, in L.A., bro, uh, uh, Uber to the gas station four minutes down the street is $100. Like New York, same thing, bro. 20, I'm like, OK, bet. The airport's 20 minutes away. I put in the Uber. 130. 130 for a ride? <laughs> You're about to see me walking, bro. Not because I don't have it, but it's just like, once again, the same thing. It's about the principle. Exactly, bro. I'm, I still understand the value of a dollar because I was still that kid who was having to make $10 an hour stocking shelves, make $10 an hour bagging groceries. So it's not, so a flip like this is not usual for you. What made this trade special? Was it you treated it like any other trade and it just happened to pop off or did you see it different at first? And you acted a little bit differently on this trade. I look at great builds as the same as having a great game. There, like, for example, my senior year in high school, I graduated high school. I was like all conference player, not all region, not all state. I didn't throw the ball many times, 10 times a game. Then we have the Northern region all-star game. I wasn't even supposed to play in that game, but I was supposed to be third string. The second string guy doesn't even show up. To this day, I don't know why he didn't show up. To this day, at halftime, the starter had thrown three picks. I hadn't touched the field yet. Second half, they're like, you know what, Stu? He's not getting it done. Let's see what you can do. I end up MVP of that game. We win. A game I wasn't supposed to play just because I stayed consistent, just because I stayed disciplined, just because I stayed transparent, bro. I, was, I had tears in my eyes when I was telling my grandfather and all my family members that came in town for this game that I wasn't going to play. I'm like, you guys, I told him, you guys don't even have to show up because there's a good chance I won't play. But once again, they showed up, bro. They're like, nah, we can't, we're here to support you. We're going to support you whether you play or not. You know, so it's like the, the builds, I look at just like that. Those games are not going to happen again. Not identical, not the exact same way. But I, I, I was also MVP other times, other games in my life. You know, so I look at some of the best builds I've had trading. Some of the builds I'm like most proud of was the $7 to 7K. And that was in two weeks. And I showed, remember that was on Cash App. I showed people how I withdrew, withdrew uh, through Cash App. Um, transparency, bro. Like I'm, I've been giving game, been showing people how 
how much access and possibility is 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 within this market. You know, so uh, some of the other builds was obviously the 4K to 64K um, in four days. That was an incredible build. Um, the six-figure days, obviously, both six-figure days were were great builds. And then you know this one for its for its own reason, bro. Like you know, like the way you see it is a build something that you expect is like you walk into you walk into this this UJ trade like this is going to be a build, or is a build something that goes from just an average trade that then you know goes a specific direction that you then turn turn into a build and you start stacking or how, how do you look at that yeah so there's two ways to grow an account in my opinion you either have like an aggressive style account that you're just looking to do a build on for like three three weeks to a month that's my opinion like sometimes a build might only be a week depending on what the profit is and if i'm happy with it to me i don't i don't live to trade i trade to live so if I'm getting profit, that's enough to cover a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years of my overall lifestyle. That's what I'm doing this for. Like, there's so many other things that I'm also passionate about. So that's why I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to be on the charts all the time. But when I am on the charts, I want to be effective. If I if I get into trades that I really like and I'm maintaining the orders and using my strategy of maintaining as long as I'm not seeing anything that's telling me to get out of the market, then I hold. Because what's one of the biggest problems for people in trading? They hold their losses too long and cut their winners too short. I'll cut my losses. I know how to throw the ball away. I know how to take sacks, right? Like I know, I know how to avoid turn. We have to own the ball, bro. The team who turns the ball over less usually wins the game most. I know how to punt. There you go. Right. Which means not to not to over risk when you should be taking your foot off the gas. You know, and knowing when acknowledge to be when you're wrong. Exactly. Acknowledge when it's like, okay, if I didn't get this entry in flow and this is starting to go against some of my rules, maybe I'm below the 50 moving average. Maybe we are in a downtrend on the higher time frame. And I'm trying to catch so many people will try to catch the reversal. Like that's what I've kind of tried to avoid doing. It's like I wait for an induction move, I wait for something that's in flow with the overall momentum. And that also means that, you know, in seasons of retracement, I might not, you know, I might catch some counter trend shorts, but people won't see me swinging counter trend shorts. They'll see me swing these, these longer term daily and weekly buys. Cause look at you, Jay, bro. It's, it's literally been bullish the entire year, but then you have months of retracement or weeks of retracement. So I was really just trying to catch this next uh, bullish wave. And I got in and I was, we were getting 23.6 continuation moves as I'm maintaining on uh, M30 and H1. So there was no reason for me to close. At the end of the week, I was happy with the profit. I was with James Storm. We had just finished um, doing the Miami one-on-ones with Destroying. I'm in the car with him. And I told him I was happy with the profit. He And he reminded me some valuable information. He said, Stu, like, is it easier for you to go 26,000 to 100,000? Or is it like, let's say all those get stopped out at break even because they were all risk free at that point. He was like, or let's say they get stopped out and you're back at 2K. At that point, you know, 2K back to 26 is much more difficult or 2K to 100K is much more difficult than 26 to 100. So, you know, that's an important, once again, important reason just to close if you're happy with the move. The end of the week, I took 20,000 out. It was 26,000 in total. I took 20 out, left six. To start the next week, I lost three out the gates. So I went from 6K to 2.9. And then I had basically taken some very good entries, M5. And, I, you know, I broke these entries down on the YouTube video that I posted. It's, it's funny, bro. It's an hour and a half of two trades. Like, you know, that just goes to show the detail. Like, it's really so, it's, there's so, so much detail in what we're looking at day to day. And yeah, I just caught two good entries. And then from there, I scaled in. So scaling in, to answer your last question, scaling in is different than stacking. Stacking is a bunch of orders all at the same place. Or, you know, placing a bunch of orders while you're in drawdown. I prefer to scale in. I'm not going to add orders unless I'm already in the right direction. If I'm going to add orders at that point, then it needs to hit some point of my retracement as I'm, as I'm maintaining. And then I'm also going to need to use the exact same entry lot or half of what I initially used. So a lot of people hear 
the difference, by the way, that was an, that was an incredible explanation of the whole trade. The, a lot of people hear stacking versus scaling and they say, okay, when the trade's already moving, they start to enter on the impulses. You're doing this strategically. Uh, you don't have to go into too much detail in your strategy because I know that you went into it on the video. But can you talk to people of the difference with chasing a trade and stacking and scaling into a trade? Yeah, chasing a trade is is you've already seen price break, you know, a level of resistance and you, you're afraid to miss the move. So now you're catching a buy like 20 pips above the break of that resistance. When in reality, most likely price is going to go up and retest. And even during that retest, you might go another 30, 40 pips into drawdown. And now, you know, you might backing back at your original entry. But, you know, the scaling in is more so, all right, you caught a, a buy at the higher low. Price breaks the resistance. Once it breaks the resistance, we have a new point A, point B to utilize our FIB on. From that point A, point B, let's say price retraced, retraces to like the 38.2 area on like M15 or M30. And now we're seeing a bullish candle close on that resistance level. Then maybe you could add another entry. Now that entry doesn't need to be the exact same lot size. It could be half the lot size. But now we're saying, okay, we got our entry at the higher low. We now, we see price has broken through our previous resistance, our previous high. And now we're taking another trade either on a continuation at 23.6 or a higher low at 38.2. And that's where people just have to be mindful of the risk. But at that point, you're trading off the equity. You're not trading based off your balance. So as long as you know your, your margin and you understand what you actually got on the table, you know, it's, it's a bit riskier. But once again, it's like climbing a mountain. You're just like finding different places to put your hand in, and hands in your feet. And sometimes climbing that mountain, you get to a point where you actually have to go back down a little bit, a couple, you know, make some retracement in order to find a better move to actually finish that ent entire climb. So that's really what it is, bro. The last this past week, for most of the week, I had to go down and I'm holding onto the mountain and maybe slipping a couple of times. Like I was questioning it, bro. I was having to tell myself because the same thing I went, I saw um, 60,000 and balance go down to like 39,000, then down to like 34,000. And I'm like having to say to myself, like, if we get to 25,000, I'll probably close again. Cause like at that point, once again, 6K to 25, that's a great week. So right. there's things, conversations you have to have with yourself while you're maintaining. It's not always just, oh, is, is this happening? This happening. It's like all these conversations that you have to have but maintaining just gives me the confidence to stay solid. That's that, that's that mentality. Once again, back to the head top, it's like, I'm telling people the moves that I'm taking, you know how many people are in my DM? Yo, Stu, I'm selling UJ. I'm selling UJ. Yo, bro, you might want to get out. The UJ's about to drop. You know how many people are telling me that, bro? And it's not to say I'm right and they're wrong. I'm not saying that. It's just the concept. You know how much noise is going to be in your life? You know how many people is going to tell you, yo, bro, that vision you was telling me about that, that dream that you had, I don't know, bro. I'm starting, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, you know? So, and we talked about that on the live, bro. James was in sales and I was in buys. And what's so cool. I love that what you brought up is we both profited. He made a hundred thousand and I ended up making just a little less than a hundred thousand. And we were, we had conflicting views on the market, but we were together respectfully talking about it. That was what's so dope, bro. It's like, we were having some good ass conversation on what we are anticipating for the market. Yeah. I mean, you could have, that's the beauty about trading is that there's so many different styles that you and somebody else could be in different trades, but still be making money. And just because we disagree on a trade doesn't mean that we're going to have an issue personally, you know, that's a whole different story. So walk us through. So you're, you're floating this equity and we're going to talk about the way back down because the retracements are honestly some of the hardest tests of the market. But on the way up, how much do you feel like your experience plays into how much you're able to hold these trades versus like, do you feel like you could just tell somebody the same method that you just used and they could have the same result? Yeah, experience is a lot, bro. Like experience, the fact that I've already had two six figure days, once again, my mind has grown in that area. I, I know what those type of numbers look like on my screen. And I also not in a place in life where $500 is hurting me. Like, and I say that respectfully, you know, 
humbly I say that, but also I've earned the right to say that. Like I had to put the work in. I know what it's like to be homeless. I know what it's like to work shitty jobs. I know what it's like to not have a car. Like I did that for majority of my life, you know? So I know, you know, not the homeless part. The homeless part was only a brief experience, but just the concept of my, I have the perspective of down here and up here. And that's what makes me me. So the build itself, my mindset is not what can be taught. My experience cannot be taught. I give that game out because I know there's people who can take pieces, but I know like for myself specifically, it can't, I can't just give someone that. So that's why I try to give as much technical game that I can as, as much mental game. Cause I know that's, what's going to help level other people up too. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't, that are at all different stages of their life and all different ages in their life. And Almost everybody could use a five hundred to eighty-five thousand dollar flip in their life. Facts. Right. Everybody could use that. And so even if it took two, three, five, seven, nine years for someone starting today, right? What are the things that you think they should be focused on and working on in order to get those sorts of results one day? When the opportunity does present themselves, what are some things they can start to build in themselves to be prepared for that opportunity? Yeah, so that kind of brings me to the second way to build an account, because I know I talk about the first way as like a, an aggressive build on, you know, a smaller amount of capital, something that you can actually afford to risk. The second way is trying to systematically uh, put together an account, whether it's 3% a month, 5% a month, 10% a month. But obviously, if you're doing that on $500, that's not significant gain. So that's the whole point of prop firms. That's the whole point of angel investors. That's the whole point of putting, you know, having other businesses or streams of income to give you more capital to be able to leverage. And so, you know, even with OPM, you know, other people's money, it's like whether that's trading or you name it, it's very important for people to understand having this skill set will open a lot of doors for you. So that's why to me, it was always about skill set. It wasn't about account size. I knew even with me to this day saying I'm a 10 figure trader. It's like that doesn't even have to be 10 figures that I put together. That could literally be because I've established my name or my brand and I have the statistics, right? The, the receipts to show my ability. There's going to be that's just going to be handed to me. Like, you know, I am God's steward artist. What does that mean to be able to manage, you know, like to be able to. And what is is chart work, artwork? So all of these things bro, are lining up and. You know, the second way to grow the account is just a systematic, whether people are looking to withdraw every 30 days, every 90 days, uh, you know, every 350 days or 65 days, I should say, you know, what, what they want to do it annually. It's really up to people. But I know with me, I was always looking to just take smaller accounts and try to do something crazy with them. Because if I blow $500 account, a $500 account three, four times, that's only 2K. I take $500 to 80,000 in three weeks. Like, you know how many times I can do that with $500? Even if it's only once out of six times, like you see what I'm saying? The risk to reward, the R to R on those type of builds still makes sense. So right, right, right. I don't know if I have a preference, bro. Like I can't, I guess it just kind of like for me taking 1% trade, 2% trade, 3% trade on million dollar accounts. Um, you know, that's lit. And then trying to grow, trying to grow, $500 or a thousand or 2k, 5k, 10k. But bro, all I'm thinking is when I get to a point in my life, when I can trade 250,000 or treat 250k the way I treated this 500 or treat 5 million the way I tried treated this 500. That's what I'm excited. Bro. Imagine a $5 million flip to what would that be? Um, 850 million or 850 million. Yeah, percentage-wise, bro, that's what yeah, it would yeah, be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, that's think about that. That's the know? percentage. Bro, the five hundred to eighty-five thousand is crazy. I hope I hope everybody listening understands this. This isn't like, oh, I've seen other people make more, and I've seen higher numbers somewhere on Instagram on an Explorer page with demo profits. No, a five hundred to eighty-five thousand dollars of real capital in the span of two weeks is very impressive, y'all. And then as soon as you start to leverage it up, and you think about what if this was five thousand. What if it was 50,000? What if it was 5 million? Like you said, that's where the game starts to really build. So if someone doesn't have a lot of capital, you think it's important for them to build the skill set so that one day they can meet someone with the capital and they can exchange their skill set for that capital and be able to leverage themselves? Or do you feel like it's just in terms of just practice the game and see what opportunity comes? Yeah, like that's a possible reality that could happen for that person. But then they also have to have good enough networking skills or personality skills 
to be able to even have the receipts of accounts they've grown or, or even, you know, to go that route. So that's why I'm still back to like, they should focus on a skill set, period. Like, I, you heard me at the summit. It's a superpower, the ability to multiply money. Like, if we started naming skill sets, you can almost always put a price tag next to that skill set. If I talk about plumbing, I can literally look up plumbing in Atlanta. And, you know, thanks to my phone, I'm probably going to start getting ads for damn plumbing. But if I looked it up, I would see a baseline of how much that costs hourly. So when we talk about a skill set of trading and becoming a world-class trader or having, a, you know, a profitable skill set like that. It's like, I don't know, bro. For me, it, it's a no-brainer. But I know there's a lot of people... It's not so much, I don't, I think it's to the point they're not so much questioning trading. I think it's just really just questioning their own ability, their own faith or belief in themselves to be able to learn something from scratch and handle the trials and have to just keep going through it. And I get that. It's not for everyone. I'm past that, bro. I'm past telling everyone they should be trading because it's not for everyone. It's a, It's like, leading people into the hunger games and saying like, yeah, like come live in this, in this world, you know, for sure. And I mean, it's like, it is a very dangerous game. And I think that's one thing first I applaud you for, but I think that we need to open up the discussion more, more about, which is how, you know, that trading is risky. A lot of people, when they're trying to pitch something, they're going to make it seem a lot more attractive than it is. And they'll tend to downplay the risks, but everyone should understand that, you know, your capital is at risk and that, that's the way that you make money. You got to risk it in order to make it. Um, so when you're leveraging a skill set like this in order to make money, it obviously allows you to think about money differently. Has the way that you think about money changed and that affected your trading? Or has you having success in trading affected the way that you see money? I'll say both. Uh, only because when you're used to only having like a certain amount most of your life, then when you start hitting new levels, and you start, you know, having more resource. That's the that's really how I look at it. It's just resource. I look at it, I see, you know, money as an employee. Like if I got all these employees sitting in my bank account, what are they doing? You know, so it's like I constantly want to be sending my employees to go to work. Because these employees don't get upset. Like these employees don't need vacation. They don't need sick days. Like this is like a robot employee, you know, like this is like the dream employee. Like it's just ready to work all the time, 24-7. Money doesn't need sleep. It doesn't need vacation. It doesn't need sick days. None, it doesn't need health care. <laughs> right. It literally is just ready to work. So that's why I'm at that point in my life where I had to, rem bro, I remember having PTSD in the grocery store. Like I remember being in the grocery store even after six figure days and still like being shook at us putting too much groceries in the cart, you know, like, and just having to get past that, bro, of like, okay, we can afford to, to put in the cart what we want to eat. And that's a very real thing, bro. It's like, how many times, you know, would folks like get told, no, like, go put that back. Or even myself in college, bro, like all of college. And then even after being out of college, it's like, I can't load up a whole cart. Like I got to, you know, we weren't getting paid at Memphis. Like this was pre NIL. Like, I was taking my scholarship checks and starting businesses, you know, starting clothing lines, um, paying my rent and everything else. So, yeah, bro, it's 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 all the experience like led up to this. And keep in mind, I've only been trading like a little over five years, a couple months in five years. So that part is I keep I have to remind myself like the first two years was really just like rookie seasons you know like puppy years like just getting my feet wet trying to just understand the basics then you have the developmental years where it's like things start to click and you start to just see and view the market differently through experience and even with lot sizes and stuff too bro it's like you start to push yourself to levels and you have good days and bad days and it's literally all a lesson, you know, it's all a lesson just to continue to teach you, you know, ways to actually end up su succeeding. Failure is just a lesson to the winner. And even with me saying I plan on being a billionaire, you know how much money I, I'm going to have to lose in order to get to those levels? Mm. That's a great perspective. So you're already preparing yourself for the hardships that it takes to achieve something. So you're not like, you know, a lot of people may be naive and entering something 
they'll be like, oh, I'm going to make a billion dollars, but they're not being realistic. So when you're being pragmatic, you realize you're going to be, have to risk, let's say in this example, 50 million in order to make a billion dollars. And so at what point will I be emotionally ready or just in, the, in that point in my life to risk $50 million? You're already kind of putting yourself through those steps. So I think that's something that everybody can learn. What are some tips that you use in order to set goals for yourself? Because I know that I've learned a lot from you in terms of that. Can you share some of those tips with people? Yeah, the first tip is I would take your goals and put them in affirmation writing only because then you're taking something that like you plan on getting to and you're turning it into something that you are and this is free to do and i think this is literally the most valuable tip that i could give anyone i feel like this has been my cheat code i'll continue to tell people that because you're just you're literally just like unlocking a side of like almost a compass you're like unlocking a compass you're reminding yourself every day like this is what i plan on going to do and just speaking those things about yourself is it literally starts to create habits and i don't know bro it's it's like it's like you know it's it's like literally just setting your gps you get in the car you need to know what address you're going to so you literally type it in on your maps and once you click on it it's going to give you basically three different choices three different ways of getting there and these affirmations are going to give you i don't know a hundred different ways of getting there and you don't know when you're going to get there but it's just the concept of embracing what it is that you say you are and so you know i think people should just take time to meditate and really sit whether they put some music on whether they just get to a quiet place whether they go swim in the ocean you know there's so many different ways of doing it like but just taking time to think like what do i really want to accomplish in this life i know for me the whole impact one billion is like a billion lives bro i've seen i've seen how just using instagram i could touch 85 million accounts in some way, whether they laughed, whether they cried, whether they smiled, like that's impact, bro. That's a medicine, you know, like not bullshit that's out there, you know, whether they were thrilled and like seeing somebody free, you know, free solo a wall. Like it's just, I don't know, bro. You start to me saying I'm impacting 1 billion people. It doesn't surprise me that all of a sudden then you see almost a hundred million accounts or people reached in 30 days. So the, the identity piece is huge, right? So that's kind of what I'm hearing from you, which is you kind of have to set an identity of becoming somebody who can do those things. Now, do you focus more on the identity or do you focus more on the process of getting there? Do you sit down and say, okay, I want to become, you know, I want to have this much money. I want to have this many things. I want to be able to live and travel wherever. I want to impact this many people. Here's the five ways I'm going to do it. Or do you more so focus on the identity piece and becoming the kind of person that can do those things. Let's talk about identity. You down to talk about identity, David? Let's do it. You, you looked at me crazy because I called you David. You're like, who the, who the hell is David? Thank your you name's about... Roy. Yeah. But how do you know your name's Roy? Because it's my identity. But how do you know it's your identity? Because I know I'm me. But how do you know you're me? Who, who, who from the time you were a kid has been calling you by your name? My parents. And who else? Friends, family, school. Everywhere. You're constantly hearing Roy, 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 Roy. You're hearing it. It's being affirmed through your hearing. Roy, Roy, Roy. From the first time you were in kindergarten and they started to show you how to write your alphabet, what's one of the first things you ever wrote on a piece of paper? Name. How many times would you say throughout elementary, middle school, high school, college that you've written your name down? A lot. <laughs> so many times to the point you're now in grade. You're now in, and you're literally ingratiated. You're literally in, intertwined with Roy, mm -hmm. right? To the point that when I called you David, something inside of you didn't, it was like your computer was like, who the hell is David? My name no, is Roy. What was going through my head is David's going to edit this podcast. And so he's going to hear his That's name. Actually he's gonna, funny, bro. And he's That's about funny. to have a hard break in the middle of the podcast and be like, wait a second. He, David's going to be more mind blown than anyone. But yeah. to, to bring a full circle is like, you've been hearing Roy right. and you've been writing Roy so many times that now you are committed to the thought. So that I was, your name like, is you're, Roy. You were given an identity, basically. By you were given an identity that you then 
internalized as the real thing through writing and hearing. Mm-hmm. So what if people knew their goals like they knew their name? Like, yeah, what of if, course I'm going to do this. Like, that's just me. You but know? like, what if you knew your affirmations like you knew your name? What's your name? Mm. So, you know, so if somebody asked you, hey, what is the list of your five goals for the next X amount of years? You would know it as if you knew your name. Is that kind of what you're getting at? You would know that your goal is achievable the same way you know your name is Roy. So what I mean by that is if your goal was I am a six-figure trader, let's say you haven't touched six figures as a trader, and you say I am a six-figure trader. If somebody else were to see that and they say, like, oh, six-figure trader, like, like, are you really a six-figure trader? To know that you are a six-figure trader the same way that you know your name is Roy, through the amount of times that you've written it down, through the amount of times that you've heard it, to the point that if I called you James, if I called you David, if I called you Jeremiah, you would completely disagree. If I'm yelling that name in the middle of the street, you're not looking. You only acknowledge Roy. You might look because, like, yo, who's this crazy dude in the middle of the street screaming? <laughs> but you're not acknowledging that I'm talking to you right. until you hear Roy or another name that you've associated with. So my point is like for someone else to question whether you're actually a six-figure trader. So for someone else to question where Chart Addicts is going. When you know your goals, when you know your vision, the way you know your name, bro, I know where I'm going, bro. I don't, I don't it doesn't matter what anyone else has to say, bro. I know where I'm going. I know what I am. I know what we're doing. Where does that come from, Jason? Where does it come from for you? Like, like I, I don't you, know, bro. It's you're just someone vision, who has bro. a great I, sense I of know, intuition. Bro. You know, like you seem to kind of have a good sense of like what to do and what to say in these in, in ways to get to your overall goal. Are you consciously thinking about these things, or is it just because since you've already put yourself in that identity, you're putting yourself in the right places to succeed? What do you really feel like it is? Well, I didn't really even know about the power of this until, and once again, like people. You know, some people are like, listen to him, he's talking about powers. It's like, but no, for real though, like some people would laugh at this and not try it, but it's free. It's like, I'm not even charging you to to try this. It's like, I dare you. But once again, why would a lot of people not even write these things down? Because they would be embarrassed for someone else to see their affirmations or embarrassed to not. I felt like I felt like I was lying to myself for the probably the first year and a half of reading my affirmations. I'm like, what am, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm a six-figure trader. I am a six-figure trader. I am a six-figure trader. I am a six-figure trader. When I had $500 to my name, bro, like I know what it's like to load up my last 500 and think that that was going to be the account that went to 85K. Like, I know what that's like, bro. And then I know what it's like to, to literally just sleep in until like 11 a.m. every day after that for like four or five days just because I had, you know, just blown my last bread again. It's like, the reason why most people are just spending their time sleeping or not being, it's, it's, it's depression, bro. It's a lack of hope. It's a lack of faith. Right. But once again, where does faith come from? From hearing the word. What is the word? So what is God? Is- what is God? God is I am. I am impacting a billion people. I am a 10 figure trader. I am providing clean water to millions. These so- are things I know I am. If someone's in that slump, because I think that at some point, if you've gone through this journey, or if you've gone through an entrepreneurial journey, or if you've had basically any adversity in your life, you've had to deal with a lot of things. And you've had to, especially if you're trying to get into trading, I know a lot of us have had to load up that last 500 into an account just to see how that would play out. So if somebody is in that situation, maybe not even with trading, just overall in life, like you said, sleeping in, whatever it is, what should they be focused on? And what should, what steps should they start to make? Because they're not going to go from, you know, sleeping into having these giant dreams and to achieving them and to believing they can achieve them. What are some steps they can start to take in that direction? Well, the first thing is just is just getting up, you know, like that's the first thing. It's like that wasn't because once again, bro, you can hit rock bottom, but then you have the choice whether to stay there or, or get back up, dust yourself off and keep trying. You know, and that's really it. That's the only difference is like some people will stay there and misery loves company, you know? So not only will they stay there, but they'll maybe want to keep you there too. Right. Right. And so that's, once again, 
I understood that there were seasons of my life that I was no longer in a condition or environment that was conducive for my growth. I knew I had to go put myself in other environments around other people that would allow me in my mind to level up. And I know you're even about to go do that in a season of your life, moving to Miami. It's like, you're gonna be in an environment around people that have results that are much more conducive for where you wanna go, much more aligned with the growth that you want to experience. For sure. So it's very important for you to get around individuals who have the things that you want so you can learn, you can be exposed to it, you can make it normal for yourself. But what if someone's telling themselves like, who am I to be around people that have this thing that I want? You know, I, I may not be qualified to get that thing. What are some steps that those people can take to build that confidence to go put themselves in those uncomfortable situations to be around more successful people? Because that's not always the most comfortable thing to do. You got to qualify yourself. That comes back to knowing your goals and knowing your affirmations. Like that's how you qualify yourself is hearing that. Like nobody else had to qualify me that I could go from being retired from football for five years to want to go back and play this game just to just to have a good time, grow my brand, get verified, spark a conversation. Right. I told myself that nobody else told me that. I brought, I remember posting videos on Instagram of me just at like football fields throwing routes on air engagement was minimal and some people were even saying like yo like you can't let it go and i'm like can't let it go like you see what i'm saying that whole concept bro of like people will come to their own conclusions and so for me i knew what i was planning on doing i knew what i had the the idea to do that doesn't mean i had it all figured out i didn't know destroying was going to be at the game that i planned on doing it i didn't know destroying would ask me to come on the one-on-one tour but when I first saw him at the tryouts, I was quick to lead with love, lead with love. Love will open doors that a lot of other stuff can't, but it has to be genuine, right? You don't go to everyone and just show them fake love. I genuinely was watching his videos on my couch for years before I ever even ended up going to play in the FCF. I wanted to play for the Glacier Boys. I ended up playing against them twice. You ended right? up having to destroy their team. And that's, that's what kind of built that relationship. You ended up having it was perfect, bro. Way. The opportunity was there. It was perfect, bro, because that's who I am, bro. Like, you see me post a Joker card all the time, and it's like I was, uh, I was voted class clown at my high school at Hayfield. And it just goes to show, like, how is it this guy who was always silly, always clowning around, always, you know, the jester, just making people laugh, doing the most. It's like, how is he doing this? And it's like, people don't understand even to, to be funny is like requires a certain level of, of wit. It requires a certain level of creativity to be that sharp and that on cue. And like, and it's just the energy, bro. Something that's not talked about a lot is uh, risk taking. You got to take risks to put jokes out there. Putting out a joke is honestly something that is why there's not a lot of funny people is because people don't try jokes a lot. This is an element of risk and there's an element of wit. And that's why I feel like, you know, you as a funny person, you could see that success, but I, there's probably a lot of people that knew you from back in high school as the class clown that can't believe where you're at today, just in terms of the level blown, of success bro. that you're having. Yeah, it just, it just goes to show, bro, like the Joker emoji was just perfect for how it ended up playing out. Like I was the crazy guy, I'm trolling, destroying, I'm telling them they slept on me and they, they could have picked me, you know, you name it, bro. Like it was just, it lined up perfectly, bro, for me to go to the Zappers and then be Zap Sparrow and like the trades is what got me verified, you know, me getting trade for Terrell Owens and starting over Johnny Menzel and like all these things, bro. It's once again, I just can't put enough emphasis on literally behind this, uh, this screen is my wall. And on my wall, you've seen it in person, bro. I had, I had an image with my IG and my bio and everything with a blue check verified. Like I had, that's been on my wall for over a year, bro. I've been seeing it. You see it in your head. You can hold it in your hand, bro. I've been seeing. Guys, and this I, is real. I've met Jason. Bro, or go ahead. Sorry. I'm the only player from the FCF this season that ended up with a blue check. And it wasn't the FCF that provided it to me. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they were able to. We we had those meetings, bro. I'm in the, in the, in the FCF meetings. Like, yo, are y'all going to be able to help us get verified? Because. We know in this space, the amount of fake accounts for all of us traders, the amount of scam accounts. But you were able to make the most of that opportunity 
which is why you were able to get that blue check. It's like everybody else kind of had the same opportunity, but you were also trying to do more. You were also being very active. You had, you know, you were impacting a lot more people, not just in the football space, but in so many different areas. So I think I think I had to go through a tri- I had to go through trials in the space, though. That's what's so crazy. It's like once again, I didn't start off on the Zappers. I was on three different teams before I got there, bro. It was to a point where I wasn't even playing midway through the season just because the original team that I was on didn't want me anymore. So it was like, I had to experience that again. I had to experience not being good enough. I had to experience other people determining my word. Like there was a lot of trial that I had to go through from an outside source. And I even said to myself, like, is this worth continuing? Is this worth me even finishing out? Because I don't need to, I don't need this. Like, I don't, I don't need people trying to tell me how good or bad I am based off one or two games. Like, and a lot of people might listen to this and they're going to be like, well, I don't play football. And so, you know, I can't really, I can't really, um, this doesn't really apply, but if you have a job or anything, and let's say that you might've got laid off from a job or let go from a job and you have to go somewhere else and you have to have that feeling of, you know, I was doing really great and I thought I was doing great, but now I have to start back over. You can either let it defeat you. You can kind of go down a dark path or you can double down, get back on that, you know, get back on that field and you can go make a name for yourself just like you did. So is that shift just always sort of never given up? Is that where it all comes down to? And everybody watching or listening to this also knows what it's like to have people in their life that are putting limits on them too, or telling them that like what they plan on doing isn't going to work or isn't going to happen, you know? So it's much, for me, I was just experiencing it on like a, a amplified level because in sports, people can say whatever they want about your play or your style or your results. It's not like people in trading, unless you post your results, nobody has to know how you did. That's actually one of my favorite parts. I just happen to be very transparent because I'm used to, I'm used to being in front of thousands of people and having to perform, right? If I don't, then I'm going to read about it or hear about it or listen, you know, or watch about it. Like if I don't, then that's what happens with trading. You can keep it between yourself. So that's a plus, but it's just, once again, goes to show like, I know my value. I know my worth. I know every time I do something is not, it's not always going to go well, but like, once again, that's all about how, you know, how do I handle the highs? How do I handle the lows? And that's probably what I'm most proud of is just like, just acknowledging bro. just acknowledging how far I've come and how far we're going to continue to go. And just even people like yourself, bro, like Roy, like Steph, like Drew Bishop, like Dante, like there's people that I have, um, I said, I said, like, bro, I met James. Um, but it's just the concept, bro. There's certain people that I keep in my circle that I talk to, that I share with, you know, like my most intimate visions and dreams. And because I know that where I remember even when you came to me about the FX Summit. And it's like, there's a reason you only went to a certain amount of people about that vision. Because you come to somebody with a seed and it's very fragile, but you know, you know what it could grow into, like how potent the seed could be. You don't want to come to somebody who's concrete, right? You want to come to an area that's fresh soil that's going to allow that, 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 that seed to breathe and grow, right? Protect it, give it a protected environment. So once it grows from that environment, we can actually go really see how big it can become. And it's just the same thing, bro. It's like, if anything, people just need to look for more individuals like that. But I still know what it's like on a high level to still feel like, you know, I could get great results and still maybe feel like the people closest to me aren't clapping the loudest. But that's where, once again, you got to clap for yourself, bro. It's like, there's a giant you can't do it for that. hundred percent. I 100% agree. I think there's a lot of people that don't want to admit that because of some sort of ego. But I think that the successful people that remain students continue to see success. And I've seen a lot of people fall off from success because of their inability or their in, like, they just don't want to um, humble themselves enough to go learn from anybody. And I had a great conversation with Lisaldo on this podcast. Um, it's going to air probably the, the week right before this, where we were just talking about removing ego out of the picture because he was saying how much he learns from the younger generations about how to navigate on social media and all the creative ways to go out there and spread things. But then also younger generations can learn from the older generations about uh, a lot of the wisdom that comes in, which is relationships to have, relationships to keep, things worth maintaining things worth sort of putting to the side that can save time. So I think it's, um, it's really awesome to see you continue to be a student. And I think that's what makes you so, so successful in your journeys. 
So let's get back to this trade. I just want to kind of wrap it up because I know everybody's really interested in the in the build. I know we talked a lot about different aspects of the build. The drawdown. It's at peak highs. You see these numbers. Jason, you're out here making the reels already. They're on the phone. It retraces. Now it's, oh, shit. Did I post that reel too soon? What's oh, going yeah. through your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, even with the retracement, it was never a, oh, shit. It was just a little, like, I didn't even, that, at that point, it's not even drawdown. It's just retracement or fluctuation. Like, because at that point, everything's still risk-free. So now you're just more so managing, like, how long do I want to maintain or hold this? And, bro, once again, like, today's Sunday. The market's going to open. I see, I see price breaking through those highs and going probably even, you know, 141, 142. So, once again, that's where it's like, you got to keep in mind, like, back to the two reasons why people should close. They're either happy with the, the money or the market is telling them to get out. And at that point, I was happy with the build, bro. It's like, you know, I you you know your limits it's like holding a plank like you can either hold a plank 30 seconds a minute two minutes but there gets a point where your whole body starts to shake and you are the one that determines how long you can handle that shaking and so me posting the points there was a time i posted where i was thirty thousand, and then i posted a game where it's fifty thousand, and then i posted where you know it's the entire build of the last three weeks and so yeah, I mean, literally, bro, Monday, we, we, I was, price was at the highs. And then literally from Monday to, to Friday morning, you know, we were in retracement back. But once again, when I say retracement, we had our, we were already hundreds of pips above where my entries were. Like yeah. people should go look at that. Like I'm using, I was using 5.0s and the end result was 16,000. Like think about the, the move. Like that's, that's, and bro, you've seen part. me catch moves before, bro. Like if anything, people are more so just infatuated with my patience. That's really what I'm re getting re realizing is like people are just like, bro, how do you, how do you hold so long? It's not, it's not like I like, I don't have anything different than anyone else has. It's just I'm just following my rules. If structure maintains, if we continue above the 50 moving average or below the 50 moving average, whether we're in buys or sells then I'm good. It's like, as long as I keep checking and the market's not saying get out, then I'm holding. And then once I'm either happy with the profit or maybe I'm seeing, you know, some real retracement occurred, maybe a break of 38.2 or 50%, then, you know, at this point, maybe it's time for us to get out, you know? I think it's important for everyone to know what kind of trader they are. Like you're, you've accepted that you're holding this move all the way through. So, you know, just by definition, you're a swing trader, but like you're willing to hold this all the way through. You walked into that. A lot of people need to understand whether they are short-term trading, whether they're long-term trading, and to set those expectations early. I feel like that's why it sounds so, or you're making it sound so simple. Just, just like, if it breaks the level, hold it. A lot of people are like, well, should I hold it? Should I close it? I think people need to understand what their strategy is. Um, Jason, I appreciate you talking about all the different aspects of the journey that you've had. Um, when people watch this through, it kind of sounds like a movie script from speaking on stage to winning these championships to playing, playing alongside all your favorite idols, from being able to travel across all these cities and become a, an online sensation and to go viral on social media and to impact tens and tens and tens of millions of almost 100 million people basically through social media and through content. Where do you really see this going for the next four months, for the next year? Do you want to keep going with this growth? Is there a different direction that you're headed? What's next for QB Stu? Yeah, I mean, just more of the same, bro. Like, I, I just want to double down on the things I'm passionate about. And, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited to do, bro. Just rent, like, just different, bro. I, I'm doubling down on my creativity. I'm doubling down on my gifts. Like, it's a I, – I don't want to disacknowledge. It's a blessing, bro. It's a blessing to be, a, a you know, world-renowned content creator. Like, and I give, my, I give myself these titles, bro. Like I said on the video you guys just dropped, not out of ego or pride. But these are the way, this is the way people should talk about themselves. People hear others talk about themselves and you can tell which ones are like just cocky or arrogant. And you can tell which other people speak with confidence. And when I'm saying I'm a world-renowned content creator, it's like not only do I have the numbers and receipts to prove it, but I was saying that and speaking that about myself before the content was ever created. You know, the creation started when I spoke it. And so if we understand that, you know, we're the, we're the same, the same God that's created the universe, the heavens and the earth created our tongue and everything else about us. It's like, I don't know, bro. It just gives me a different level of, 
of confidence and faith and knowing that like I'm, I'm a world-renowned trader. I'm a world-renowned quarterback. I'm a world-renowned content creator and artist. I'm a world-renowned designer. I'm a world-renowned speaker. Like these are things that I know I am. And so as far as the content's concerned, more trading content, more draw. I, I I'm excited to, sh to put post drawdown videos. Seriously, with like some bang voice. Like I'm excited to post losses, like just genuinely, you know? That's it's awesome. like, so the losses, the profits, the lessons, the free game, the means. Transparency, just absolute transparency. Just showing people every step of the way. I think that's that's incredible, Jason. And I, I really want to say on behalf of everybody at home that you really do inspire people just through you believing in yourself and through doing the things that you're doing. So keep being you, bro. I think a lot of people are uh, are sort of like keeping along with the journey and they're seeing this growth. I think it's inspiring a lot of people at home to do the same thing, not myself included. With these right, builds. Live, bro. Like we talk about, man, Nipsey Hussle, he said, inspiration is the greatest form of currency. So if we're going to be trading these currencies every day, we need to understand which ones we can give out for free. And we can inspire people daily. You can compliment people daily. You can remind yourself and read your goals out loud daily. These are choices that we all get to make daily. Just like we're trading on that daily time frame. These are things we can be doing daily. So I appreciate that, bro. I know we're going to be doing a, another one of these podcasts, most likely in Virginia, where it all started. Um, you know, and probably in like a, a couple of days or maybe a week or two. So I just, every time, bro, we come on here, it just always ends up being a very like smooth uh, conversation. And I know that there's people who are going to get value, bro. We wouldn't be on here wasting our time if we didn't think people would get value from these calls. For sure. And just talking about resources, time is the most valuable resource. I appreciate you, Jason. I appreciate everybody at home spending their time with us. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another incredible podcast the Expert Trader podcast series with QB Stu, Mr. Jason Stewart. Take it easy, yo. Yes, sir.